we just thank God for what he's doing in this place. Man, we are a blessed church. And goodness, I just, man, I get so, just every once in a while, most of the time, but like every once in a while, something just happens in communion and I'm just standing there and I'm watching you guys walk by. And I just love you with all my heart. And I'm just so grateful that Jesus has brought us together. All right, I don't think they usually teach people to start messages by crying, but um, so, man, I'm so glad I get to be here with you guys. Love you with all my heart. If you're new, my name is Brandon. I'm the lead pastor here at The Gathering. Welcome home. Uh, just so excited. We're going to talk about vision today. We're talking about, vi- we're having Vision Sundays. This is now week three of this series, and, and this whole series is designed to help all of us see the vision and the call that God has given this church Okay, listen, God gives vision to his church. He has a dream for our church, which means this then, that he has a specific dream or call on your life, and it is deeply interwoven with the vision or the dream that God has for his church. Okay, if you find yourself chasing dreams that have nothing to do with the Great Commission and God's dream for his church, I love you, and that dream is wrong. I'm telling you, God's dream for your life is deeply intertwined with the vision or the dream that he has for his church. We're going to look at that. We're going to see this big time today uh, in the Bible. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. All right, and listen, our God has given us a vision. We say it this way. It's an enormous vision. We say that we want to see our region reborn. Every community renewed by Jesus. That's a big dream, isn't it? That's a big dream, isn't it? Come on, and how many of you know it's going to take a lot of people to accomplish a dream like that? I'm telling you, God has a dream for your life, and you can live it. You can fulfill it. All right? Now, hey, just a heads up about today, okay? Um, some of you may be looking at me and being like, what, what's going on with this message today? Um, you might have remembered, if you've been with us, the plan was to have Pastor Greg join me up here today, and the plan was to share what we call our investment strategy with all of you. That is, we want to have a conversation with all of you about how we invest the tithes and the offerings that many of you give, how we invest those things so that we can best accomplish the vision that Jesus has given us, Okay? Um, However, some of you may know this already, but I'll just tell you, um, Pastor Greg had a major tooth pulled this past week, and I'm just going to be real, it kind of messed him up. Um, I think he woke up one morning and there was blood and guts on his pillow. Okay, maybe not the guts part, I made that part up, but... um, Um, but they, uh, they literally had to remove part of his bone in his jaw to get this tooth out. And so he's on pain medication, and he's actually pretty high right now as we speak. <laughs> We're having Vision Sundays. He's been having his own visions all week long. Okay. Those are jokes. That is not how we roll here at the gathering. He is on pain medication, but he's, we just decided with everything he's been through this week, we're going to let him rest, okay? So here, here's the plan. We're going to do that message on Sunday, September 12th, two weeks from today. And listen, I will, I will say this. Um, this message is a big deal on, on the 12th, okay? If you call this place home, you need to be here. If you're thinking about calling this place home, you need to be here. If you've got friends that need to call this place home, they need to be here. This might be one of the most important messages we do all year long. Okay, so make sure you're here Sunday, September 12th. Now, however, look at me. All right, just look at me. I am pumped 
for the word that God has given me for today. Okay? Um, I really believe this, that, that what we're going to talk about today is fitting, and, and it's becoming more and more urgent every day. All right? So I'm just going to give you the title for the message right now, and just um, listen, this is a strong title. Okay? It's going to get your attention, um, but, but I think it'll make sense here in just a little bit. All right? So we're talking about visions. We're talking about dreams. Here's the title of today's message, Faithful Through the Nightmare. Faithful Through the Nightmare. Family, I've got a growing burden in my heart from the Lord. God has given us a big dream. He's got a big vision that we want to see our region reborn. However, lately, and I don't think I'm the only one, um, but lately, if you're not careful, it can begin to feel like there's no way this dream could possibly come true because the future is starting to look like a nightmare. Okay? If you're not careful, listen, the future's starting to look bleak. Depending on how much you're paying attention, the future's starting to look like, man, where's this thing going to go? There is so much division and chaos in our world right now, and it kind of looks like there's no end in sight. It's kind of like you're just hanging on each day, like, what's going to happen next? And so, listen, as of now, right now, my plan is for next Sunday, I know it's Labor Day weekend, but, man, the lake will still be here after you get out of church. My plan is for next weekend to actually deal with some of the things that are causing the division and the chaos. And we're going to talk about how we behave as Jesus followers in the midst of increasing division and chaos in our world. Amen? That was a weak sauce. Some of you are like, I don't know about it. Amen? You know that Jesus has a plan for his people in the midst of everything, right? You know that Jesus has, has ways that he calls his people to live no matter what happens next, right? We're going to talk about it, okay? But with that, here's my burden with all of this, okay, with all of it. I don't want a single person who calls the gathering home to lose hope. Listen to me. Do not give up. Do not lose hope because as we'll see today in God's word, what if none of these things are actually catching God by surprise? And what if our God is still the God who knows how to use potential dark and hard days to still accomplish his dreams through his people? What if he uses those things? Friends, here's what I'm saying. Faithfulness by you and me, faithfulness even through a nightmare will still always lead you and me to fulfilling the Father's dreams. Each and every time. Okay, all right, so for the past two Sundays, if you've been here, um, I've been sharing about how last month I went to this little tiny cabin on a little tiny lake in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, uh, just to be with the Lord for a few days, just to get alone with him. And I spent time just fasting and praying and worshiping and um, here's the other burden that's been on my heart. And man, I hope God is transferring the burden. I hope I'm not the only one that has this, okay? But the burden that's been on my heart is I, I just wanted to go back to the Lord and lay it all down all over again at his feet. The, the dream, the vision, everything he's calling us to, the, the, the things that he's been speaking to my life. Just go back. It's not that I doubted those things, but I just had this burden to go back again, lay it all down at his feet, and, and, and make sure of this, that, that I'm not somehow slowly mixing in my dreams over time. 
and that I'm not, I'm not, and therefore we're not getting off track from what he's calling us to. I didn't think we were, but, I, but it just had this burden. It's like, God, I just want to know. And then the burden was also this. Um, I'm here, Lord, to recommit all over again. Okay, listen, what I'm about to say, um, I am far from perfect at this, and I can only say this by the grace of Jesus, but listen to me, I, I told him once again, I am not here for me. I am here to see your dreams come true. And so during that time in that cabin, um, God poured out the vision all over again. I took time and I wrote it down in my journal, just in the presence of God, just wrote down everything that I believe is calling us to. And then last week I read it all to you straight from my journal. Come on, if you were here, it's a big dream. It's a big vision. I mean, this is a God-sized vision God has poured out into our church. Amen? Amen. I mean, because we're, we're talking about, listen, we're, just please don't just hear it. Please, please really hear it. Our region reborn, every community renewed by Jesus. That's a big dream. We're talking about we want to see an overwhelming amount of people give their lives to Jesus and become disciple makers all throughout our region. We're, we're, we're talking about wanting to see our communities revived spiritually and economically, that, that, that families, brokenness, and, and brokenness would become a thing of the past in families and healthy, Jesus-loving families would become the new normal, that, that, that there'd be new restaurants and, and new businesses. We want to start a rural church network and movement. I'm dreaming about 10,000 people who call the gathering home, gathering in multiple campuses across this region and in, in some of the bigger towns, and then reaching out to some of the smaller communities in between. It's an enormous, God-sized dream. And so I'll be completely honest. As I was sitting in that cabin, and after I'd written down everything I believe the Lord poured out, and as I read back through it again, here's the first thought that jumped into my brain. Lord, how on earth are we ever going to accomplish all of this? Let's be honest. Honestly, I was overwhelmed when I read through it again. I was like, Jesus, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know what the first step is, let alone how we're going to accomplish the whole thing. But then it wasn't very long before this thought jumped into my brain as well. And I said, Lord, plus, um, the future's starting to look a little dark. I said, I think you and I both know, Lord, that there may just be some hard days coming for your church. I said, Lord, the future ain't looking as bright as this dream does. Father, the future's beginning to look like a nightmare. I said, look, I know, Lord, we're dreaming about rural rebirth. But we're in a season right now, we're, and it's been this way for a while, where society, where culture is trying to shove your church to the side, Lord, not make room for revival. I said, Lord, how will we ever accomplish this? Have you ever felt that way? Or maybe even in this series, if you've been with us, as I keep saying over and over, God has a dream for your life and you can fulfill it. 
If you're honest, have you ever stopped and been like, okay, but how? how how's this ever going to happen? How, how's the Lord going to work through me to fulfill some dream? You ever felt that way? But then on top of that, have you had any moments lately where you've started to look at the future and you've started to feel a little overwhelmed when you consider how bleak things can look? Anybody? Okay, so listen, back to the burden. Don't lose hope and do not give up. You hear me? We serve the God who cannot be stopped. We serve, we serve the God that cannot be thwarted. I'm telling you, God created you on purpose, for a purpose, for such a time as this. He didn't do it. We talked about this all willy-nilly. He knows what he's doing. He can't be stopped. Not even dark days can stop his people and his plans. In fact, our God is the God who knows how to take dark days. He knows how to take what is meant for evil and use it for good. Nothing can catch him off guard. I mean, hey, even if the enemy does make a move and, and, and it starts to look like, oh, he's getting the upper hand and, and the enemy starts to think, oh, I've won now, that's still when our God steps in and says, nah, I was just playing with you. I was just letting you think you won because I know that pride comes before the fall. And so if you don't mind, I'm about to make my move that I've been planning since way back when. And that's when God reaches down and he grabs a hold of one of his kids or many of his kids, talking about you and me, and he uses us even in the midst of dark days to topple the enemy's plans as he yells, checkmate, son, from the highest heaven. Our God is the God who knows how to use dark things or things that the enemy means for evil and he turns them for good. That's who he is. So listen to me. Darkness cannot stop Jesus. Okay, the, the future belongs to him. And hey, even if the world doesn't want revival right now, I know this, that the day is coming in the near future where the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay, so you listen to me. Revival's coming to this world whether the world wants it or not. Our God cannot be stopped. The Father's dreams will come true. So listen, don't lose hope. Okay, and, and don't be overwhelmed. If you and I will just be faithful to Jesus, no matter what happens next, even in dark days, then his dreams for you and me will still be fulfilled. Now, this is some good church, y'all. It's good to be a part of a church that knows that God can do whatever he wants and nothing can stop him. Amen. But so in that little cabin on that little lake in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, I'll just be honest, I was feeling overwhelmed and I was asking, how on earth are we going to accomplish this dream, Lord? And that's when the Lord asked me, just he, he just said, hey, Brandon, in the Bible, who else did I give big dreams to? Okay, and so if you know your Bible, you know that there are lots of people that God gave big dreams to. But in that moment, there was one in particular that leaped out in my heart. And so I'm curious, have y'all ever read the Joseph story? Are you familiar with the Joseph 
story. Listen, we're going we're gonna to read from Genesis 37 in, in just a little bit, okay? But, um, man, God gave Joseph big prophetic dreams for his future. Okay, in essence, God showed him when he was just a young teenager, God showed him that one day he was going to be a great ruler and that his entire family would bow down before him. Okay, now, um, Joseph was his father's favorite son. And sadly, his dad let all the other brothers know that Joseph was his favorite. Okay, listen to me. That's a bonehead move. I tell you, because it made Joseph's brothers jealous of Joseph and they hated him. Okay, so um, just real quick, parents, here's a little pro tip. Um, make all the kids in your home your favorite. Okay, um, listen, make your kids your favorite, all of them. If you're even in a blended family, Joseph was in the ultimate blended family. You make all the kids in your home your favorite. Okay, but listen, here's part of the reason that this dream that God gave to Joseph, it was a big dream, okay? Yes, he was the favorite son, but nonetheless, um, he was the 11th son out of 12. He had 10 other brothers that were older than him. So listen, according to the pecking order back then, even if he was the favorite, I mean, there's no way he was going to be the ruler over all of them. Okay, and at the same time, um, he and his brothers, they were just simple shepherds and simple farmers. I mean, how on earth would he end up being a great ruler one day? Well, if you don't know the story, spoiler alert, you're about to find out. All right? Okay, listen. So one day, Joseph's father, Jacob, sends Joseph out into the fields to check on his brothers as they're um, shepherding their flocks, okay? He wants to get a report. And, and listen, on that day that Jacob sent him out there, on that day, that was the day out of jealousy that Joseph's brothers decide they're going to kill him. Okay, so they make this plan. We're going to kill him. They can see him coming. We're going to kill him. But then um, they, they backed off of the idea of actually like just killing him, killing him. And, and they decided, well, maybe it'll be better if we just throw him down this deep pit over here and then we'll just leave him to die. That's a classic older brother move right there. As the youngest child with two older brothers, I can tell you, this is how brothers think. So they're, they're going to leave him to die in this pit. Okay, however, after throwing him in the pits, think about this. They just happened to see this caravan of travelers going by that were heading down to Egypt and so again, classic older brothers, they decide, okay, let's pull him out of the pit, but let's sell him as a slave to these foreigners. And then their plan was, okay, and then we'll take his clothes, we'll shred the clothes, we'll dip them in animal's blood, and we'll tell our dad that an animal ate him. Okay, and so, um, just put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Just think about this. You're down in this pit. Okay, think about how that would feel at first. But then, oh, phew. Oh, they're pulling me out. Oh, oh, they, 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 I guess they changed their mind. There's some hope now. But then you quickly realize the only reason they pulled you out is so that they could sell you 
that your brothers, your flesh and blood, could sell you to foreigners where you would spend the rest of your life as a slave in a foreign land. Okay, just think about this. How much anguish, heartache, terror, suffering, and distress would you be experiencing? And let's just be honest about this. How many of you at this point, me included, would completely give up on the dream that God had for our lives? It's over now. Okay, look, we don't know if Joseph, it doesn't say whether he gave up on the dream or not at this point, but here's what we do know. Listen to me. Joseph remained faithful to God even in the midst of this living nightmare. He just kept doing what God wanted him to do because we do know the rest of the story. If you know the rest of the story, listen, in Egypt, Joseph ends up being a slave in a rich man's house and he's extremely faithful. He's responsible and, and, he, and he just gets more and more authority over the house. Okay, but the day comes where the rich man's wife becomes attracted to Joseph and she wants to sleep with him. She wants to have an affair with him. Okay, but, but here's Joseph. He will not, he refuses to be unfaithful to God even in the nightmare. And so he says to her, he's like, how could I do such a wicked thing with you and sin against God? How many of us would feel like God had abandoned us and we should do whatever we want? Not Joseph. He just remained faithful. So she keeps persisting and he keeps resisting until one day he finally runs out of the house to get away from her. But in her anger, she decides that she can't take this anymore. She tells her husband that he tried to rape her. She falsely accuses him. And then the husband then comes home and has him thrown into prison. Okay, one more time. How much heartache and anguish and distress and suffering would you experience in the midst of that? And, and we know, we know that he experienced those things because later in his life, he's quoted, I mean, it actually says this. He says, he calls the, the land of Egypt the land of his suffering and distress and, and distress. So we know he, he was experiencing these things, okay? And surely, listen, if you hadn't given up on the dream yet, I mean, surely by the, now, by, by the time you get thrown in prison, I mean, now, I mean, what's the point of believing in this dream now, right? And yet, even in prison, Joseph remained faithful to God. And so look, to make a very long story short, okay, through Joseph's faithfulness to God in the prison, Watch this, one day and in a single day. One day in a single day, Pharaoh calls Joseph up out of the prison so that Joseph can come stand before Pharaoh and interpret a dream for him. And by the end of the day, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, made Joseph the second greatest ruler in all the land. Come on, now just think about that. Just think about it. He woke up that morning in prison. He went to bed that night in a palace. 
You listen to me. Don't you think for a second, do not underestimate for a second what your God can do through your lifetime as you remain faithful to him no matter what happens. But also, don't underestimate what your God can do in and through your life in even just 24 hours. Friends, here's what I'm saying. Joseph remained faithful through the nightmare and the father's dreams for his life were still fulfilled. In fact, later, it says that, it says that later, um, Joseph says that later, it was God working through all the heartache, through all the hard days, precisely to get Joseph into that position so that he could be used to save much of the world's population at that time, including, watch this, including his own family. Just think about this for a second. God put Joseph in that position to help save the world at that time, but also to save his family. And if you know much about Joseph's family, then you know that Joseph's family are the ancestors of Jesus. And so if his family had perished, then I I know God can do what he wants, but play it forward. Then we don't get Jesus. Okay, so, so God used Joseph even way back then to save the world, and God used Joseph even way back then to save the world. And so, so God used him to set aside large amounts of grain and food because there was going to be a great famine in the land. And so sure enough, his brothers one day come to Egypt because they heard, well, there's grain in Egypt. Let's go buy grain in Egypt. So they go and they find themselves before Joseph. However, they don't know it's Joseph. And the Bible says that they bowed low to the ground before Joseph as they requested to buy grain from Joseph. They didn't recognize him. However, he recognized them. And it says that in that moment, Joseph remembered the dream God had given him when he was just 17 years old. And there he was, and the dream was fulfilled. (laughs) Come on. Family, here's what I'm saying. If you'll just be faithful to God, even if it means being faithful through a nightmare, then God will lead you to fulfill his dreams. And so, what is faithfulness? Well, if you call this place home, you know that we have a definition for the word faithfulness or faithful. Uh, we say it's belief plus action equals faith. Okay, so listen, it's not just believing that God is God, it's also acting upon it. It's taking the steps that God would tell you to take. I, I, I'd say faithfulness is obedience. Obedience to what our God says. Obedience to what God wants us to do. Faithful is integrity. So you find yourself in the rich man's house and you're tempted to have an affair. But no, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna live with integrity before my God. And hey, hey, faithfulness is also this. You sinned, you made the mistake, you weren't faithful in that moment. This is faithfulness. It's called repentance. It's called turning around saying, God, I did mess up here, but no, 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 I want to do it your way from here on out. Man, isn't our God so good? 
that repentance is an option when it comes to being faithful? Man, faithfulness, listen, it's taking the steps that God would have all of us take together as his church to fulfill his vision, which will lead all of us individually to fulfill the dreams he has for our lives. We, we have steps around here for everyone to take. We talk about them all the time. Man, faithfulness is, man, I'm going I'm to do this thing with my church. I'm going I'm I'm to be with the church in every way. I'm going to show up consistently. I'm going to go to connect. I'm going to serve on Team Reborn. I wonder what Pastor Brandon would say to me after I get out of connect. I wonder what I should do. I wonder, I wonder what steps I should take. Man, join Team Reborn. We're about to launch neighborhood gatherings. Get yourself in a neighborhood gathering. Man, start giving. Even Listen, we talk about giving the 10th. Even if you're like, I don't know how to give the 10th or make that work right now, start giving something consistently as an, as an act of obedience saying, God, I want to get there though. God, I want to start taking this step. Don't just say, well, it's either got to be all or nothing. And start saying, God, what can I do? I want to bring something to you. May start inviting. Start reading your Bible. We, we, don't, we don't come up with these steps. Well, honestly, we didn't come up with these things on our own. These are just these are just disciple things that are principles and steps laid out in the Bible. And we know historically as God's people do these things together, oh man, the dream gets fulfilled. Take the steps. Be faithful. All right, but, but now, with all that said, um, what do you think? When, when Joseph had the dream at the age of 17... Do you think he had any idea what he needed to do next to actually fulfill that dream? Do you, th do you think he had any clue as to what his next steps were? I, I don't think he had a clue. And so again, that's how I felt that day in that cabin after I reread through the vision. I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know what steps to take. Honestly, I was feeling a little overwhelmed. Okay, but then as God asked me, Brandon, in the Bible, who else did I give big dreams to? And then as I read the Joseph story in the presence of God, I believe God showed me through this story how you and I can accomplish or fulfill the dream even when we don't know what our next steps are, okay? Even when you don't know what the next step to take and even when the future looks dark, all right, you got your Bibles open to Genesis 37. It will be up on the screen, but Genesis 37. Okay, so now, with the end of the story fresh in our minds, here's what I want us to do. We're going to go back and read part of the beginning of the story, okay? And we're going to read a little bit about how God leads Joseph to the dream. So Genesis 37, we're going to pick it up in verse 12. So, Joseph already had the dream from God, okay? But he has not yet even begun to step into it, and that's about to change, okay? So verse 12, Genesis 37, it says, Soon after this, or soon after God had given him the dream, Joseph's brothers went to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. When they had been gone for some time, Jacob, again, Joseph's father, said to Joseph, Your brothers are pasturing the sheep at Shechem. Get ready, and I will send you to them. Now, watch what Joseph says next. I'm ready to go. What you need, Dad? 
I'll do anything you want me to do, Dad. I'm ready to go. All right, go and see how your brothers and the flocks are getting along, Jacob said. Then come back and bring me a report. So Jacob sent him on his way, and Joseph traveled to Shechem from their home in the valley of Hebron. Now, we'll keep reading, but just stop right there. When I read that in the cabin that day, it's like the Lord just like went like this to me. Hey! Mm, mm. <laughs> Did you see that part? Did you just see what happened right there? It's like, Lord, you're pretty excited about this. Did you just see that part? Did you see what just happened right there? Listen, here's what the Lord told me in that moment. He said, Brandon, that right there, this part right here, he said, above all else, that's how you fulfill my dreams. Come on, are you seeing the picture here? Watch this. Joseph simply did what his father told him to do, and he took his first step into the dream. We know now that this is the trip he takes where his brothers are going to sell him into slavery. But nonetheless, he obeyed his father. Are you seeing this? And he took his first step into fulfilling the dream. Listen to me. You want to fulfill God's dreams for your life? Here's all you got to do. Just keep obeying. You just keep putting together one obedient step after another. And I'm telling you, you will get to the end of your life and you will have fulfilled God's dream for your life. Even if you never get a vision from God about what your future looks like, even if you never get prophetic revelation in advance about the dream that God has for your life, but I believe he will give that to you. But even if you never get those things, you just keep being obedient to him. And at the end of your life, you'll look back and you will have fulfilled his dream. Be faithful. Be faithful no matter what. Okay, but that's not all, because here's more good news. If, in the midst of trying to be faithful and obedient, if, nonetheless, you still ever find yourself overwhelmed or confused or lost, or you don't know what next step you should take, or especially when you find yourself in those experiences, then listen, don't do what most people do. Most people begin to face hardship. Listen, I'm going to talk about the church right now today. Most people today, they get an ounce of hardship in their life. They get a little bit lost. Something negative happens. They have a bad experience. They sin, and then they bail on God. Man, I love you. Don't do this. This is what the enemy wants you to do. You're, listen, you're going to sin. I'm going to sin. Somebody's going to say something terrible to us. Somebody's going to hurt us. Somebody's going to disappoint us. We're going to disappoint somebody else. And that's when the enemy comes in and says, no, 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 just bail. No, no, you don't need to deal with this. Like, no, no, get it. He, it's, it makes no sense to me. People stop showing up to church after these incidents happen, okay? Listen, you're going to sin. I'm going to sin. We need to go to church. We're, we're going to cause problems. Other people are going to cause problems. We need to go to church. We need to stick with Jesus. Don't bail on Jesus. Lots of people they get into the confusing, the hard situations, and, and that's when they, they, they like think, well, oh, I'll just give up on this. When those are the precise moments, listen to me, I'm not saying he wants any of us to sin, but God knows how to use what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. 
the hard days, the hard things that, that happen to us, God knows how to use those things precisely to shape his people so that we can continue to fulfill the dream. Don't bail on God. Listen, in those moments when you feel overwhelmed and you don't know what next step to take, I'm telling you, if you'll be faithful, God will always be faithful to tell you your next step in the midst of every circumstance. Okay, watch what happens next. Okay, and I'll just say this, by the way, I have read the Joseph story many times and I had never noticed what we're about to read. I've heard many preachers preach messages on the Joseph story, and I've never heard anyone preach about this right here. Okay, just watch what the Lord showed me right here, okay? So Joseph, watch what's happening. He, he went to go look for his brothers, and then verse 15, when he arrived there, a man from the area noticed him wandering around the countryside. Huh. Why is he wandering around? Because his brothers aren't where his father said they would be. He can't find his brothers, okay? So you, you listen to me. Don't you miss this. This is a picture of you and me when we don't know what step to take next. This is a picture of what it looks like when we're wandering, when we're lost, when we're confused, when we're overwhelmed, okay? Now, again, we know what's about to happen. His brothers are about to sell him into slavery, which will immediately propel him into the dream life that God has for him. Okay, we know that, all right? But here he is. And look, again, I know that God is sovereign and that God can redirect our path anytime we get off. God can do whatever he wants. But again, just get this picture. If Joseph doesn't find his brothers now, then he is gonna miss the caravan down to Egypt. If he doesn't find his brothers, there's probably a good chance he's just going to head back home and tell his father, I couldn't find him, and he'll miss out on the dream. Are you with me? Okay, so listen, watch what God showed me here, though. Okay, watch this. He showed me that, you know, there just happened to be a man. There just happened to notice Joseph wandering around. And here's what we're going to see in one second, that the man just happened to know exactly where Joseph's brothers went. Honestly, when I read this, I was like, Lord, is this really a man? Or is, it, is this an angel? Because this looks suspicious. I was like, this, this, is, this is way too convenient, Lord. Okay, well, we, we actually, we don't know for sure, um, but I, I will just say this. Um, so I, um, I, I used my pastor skills and I studied this more in depth. You're welcome. Um, you can have all these skills. You, get, you should get these skills, okay? It's easy. Sometimes it's just called Google. Actually, don't trust everything that Google pulls up when it comes to the Bible. I'm serious. You got to get to like the fifth page now before you're going to start getting some real good quality information. That's a side note. Um, careful. Um, so so uh, here's what I discovered, though. Um, we don't know this for sure, but the ancient Jewish commentary on the Old Testament, they held the tradition that this man was actually the angel Gabriel, and this was his first appearance in the Bible. Okay. We don't know that for sure, 
And at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because here's the point. The point is, it's not a coincidence that this man was there. It's not a coincidence at all. The point is that even if you and I don't know what step to take next, God knows what step we need to take. And if we'll just be faithful, then he's more than capable of making sure we get on the right path to fulfilling his dream. Come on, here's our last two verses. And just watch how this plays out. What are you looking for? He, the the man, asked. I'm looking for my brothers, Joseph replied. Do you know where they are pasturing their sheep? Yes. (laughs) I know exactly where they're at. I know where they're at, the man told him. They have moved on from here. But I just happened to hear them say, let's go on to Dothan. So, Joseph followed his brothers to Dothan and found them there. And one more time, family, with that step right there, Joseph stepped into the dream that God has for his life. I'm going to invite Laura and the band to make their way, begin to make their way out here. Listen. Stick with me, okay? Here's the other fascinating part to think about. Okay, watch this. Joseph didn't know what step to take, right? He he, he didn't know what step he needed to take to fulfill the dream. He, He didn't know how to find his brothers. Okay, but think about this. He also didn't know that in order to fulfill the dream... He would first be thrown into a pit, then sold as a slave to foreigners in a foreign land, then falsely accused of a crime he didn't commit, and then thrown into prison. He didn't know any of that in advance. Listen, I wonder, had he known any of those things on the front side, would he have obeyed his father? If it were me, I probably would have disobeyed my dad and gone the other direction. However, here's what we see. Even as Joseph's future continued to get darker and darker by the day, Joseph remained faithful to God through it all. But that's not all. We clearly see that God was faithful to him every single day, no matter how dark it got. If you read the story, you'll see it said many times that the Lord was with him. We see clearly that none of these things caught God by surprise. And we see clearly that our God is the God who knows how to use hard days, dark days, even evil situations to turn those things for good and to fulfill the dreams he has 
for his people. I'm telling you, what the enemy meant for evil, our God turns for good. Okay, in fact, did you know that this is the story where, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a saying we have when we say that, but it's actually a verse. And that comes from this story right here. Later on, Joseph's brothers are worried that Joseph wants to take revenge upon them for what they did to him. But Joseph, he reassures them that he has forgiven them. And he says this, he says, what you meant for evil against me, God meant for good. Come on. We serve the God who takes what the enemy means for evil and he turns it for good. Family, you and I cannot control the future. We can't control what's going to happen. And look, I know that, that maybe right now, maybe some of us, we're looking at the future. We're like, this thing is, man, this is looking like a nightmare. This thing is getting bleak. Maybe, maybe you're tempted to become fearful. Maybe, maybe fearful over your health and, and what's all going to happen. Maybe fearful for your family or, or your young kids. I got young kids. I'm thinking about what's coming. Maybe you're fearful for your marriage. Maybe, maybe even just your finances in a time like this. And I'm going to be real. Maybe you're fearful about potential mandates and things that might be coming along those lines. Maybe you're fearful about the potential for the division and the chaos to increase and where that's likely gonna lead, okay? But here's what I'm telling you today. Don't lose hope because nothing can stop our God. Nothing can stop our God. Don't lose hope. Our hope is not in the world and our hope is not even in the future. Our hope is in a person. His name is Jesus Christ and he holds the future. We're gonna keep hoping and following in him. We're gonna go after him. Listen to me, we can't control the future but nonetheless, whatever the future brings, we do still have quite a bit of control as to how much we let God fulfill his dreams through us. If you and I will just be faithful to God, no matter what happens next, then we'll get to the end of our lives, whatever that looks like, and God will have fulfilled his dream. And you will have lived a fulfilling life. Family, I, I can't control the future. I don't know what's gonna happen next, um, but I'm gonna be honest. I want my life to be used to accomplish God's dreams. Okay, now I know this, this is gonna be strong. What I'm gonna say is gonna, you're gonna be like, whoa, but, but just listen to me. Um, We may face some hard days. We'll likely face more than just hard days. Okay, I want my life to be used to accomplish God's dreams. But even if he could use my death somehow to accomplish everything he wants to accomplish through me, then who am I to say no? I owe Jesus everything. I want him to have everything. 
He's the creator. He's the one who holds my life. When I said, I'm giving my life to you, I can have some bad days where I try to take it back. But ultimately it comes back to this. I gave my life to you and I meant it. I want you to have it all. Who am I to say no to what he would want to accomplish through me? He's given us a big dream gathering family to see our region reborn, every community renewed by Jesus. There may be hard days, but I'm telling you, even in the midst of hard days, usually it's in the midst of hard days that God brings revival through a group of people that will just be faithful to him. This isn't a pipe dream, it's God's dream. It can happen. He's got a dream for your life that is deeply interwoven into the vision or the dream that he has for his church. And I'm telling you, you can fulfill it. Just keep being faithful. What's faithfulness? Showing up with God every day. Man, what's faithful? I'm telling you, being with the church, being all in, connect, neighbor gatherings, serving with Team Reborn, going and doing pop-up. We'll talk about that here in a couple weeks, what that's going to look like. Man, worshiping, giving, reading your Bible. Hey, man, I would encourage you, read the Joseph story this week on your own. Go read the Joseph story this week on your own and get pumped up. Right, as I was in that cabin that day, reading the Joseph story, here's what I felt like the Lord said to me. Brandon, just tell, tell the gathering family, you guys don't have to have it all figured out. I do. And so if you'll just be faithful to keep taking the next steps that I put in front of you, even if you start to feel a little overwhelmed, even if things look dark, even if things get a little bit hard, if you just start, if you, if you just continue to take the steps that I'm telling you to take, the gathering will fulfill the dreams that I have for all of you. Amen. God has a dream for your life. You can fulfill it. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Let's pray.